Hey everybody, welcome back to Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Good to have you with me again on our little podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming life's everyday challenges, ordinary people, but living extraordinary lives. We think leadership has a lot to do with that, can certainly add to that goal. This is episode 157. And I'm really excited that you are spending another week with me. Love knowing that we are spending this time together in your car or in your lawn while you're working or maybe at work or while you're out for a walk with your pet listening to me and your your favorite earbuds. I'm honored to be spending this time with you. If you want to know more about me, check out LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. You can send me an email. You can learn more about me there. I would also love for you to, wherever you may be listening, to leave a review, to leave a rating, and to share this with your friends. So I really, really appreciate you doing that. Hey, this episode this week comes from a a real personal place, something that I'm living through right now, and maybe you're living through it. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe the last couple of years you've lived through this more than you want, and I certainly feel that for me. And maybe if today's topic feels not quite relevant because of what your leadership context is today, I think it will be at some point a helpful podcast for you. So it may be one you want to mark or to save or to download. I want to talk today about tender leadership in times of sorrow. Tender leadership in times of sorrow. I have a good friend who is nearing the end of his life. He was entered into hospice care not long ago. I received a text this morning that he is giving, uh, given just a few days to live. How do you give leadership in these times of sorrow? Let's talk about that today. You know, how do we lead when the air is thick with grief? How do we lead when the room is filled with sorrow and grief? The Bible would describe it as lament, as if you've listened to this podcast any number of times you may have picked up on, or I've said (laughs) quite directly that I'm a follower of Jesus, and I am a Christian, and I lead in a Christian context. But I believe leadership principles work in any context because all leadership is about people, regardless of your context. And People experience sorrow. People experience grief, unmet goals, uncompleted projects, the loss of a friend, the loss of a loved one, the loss of health, the loss of a special situation, the loss of a dream, the loss of income, the loss of a friend. We experience loss a lot. And I don't know that we always know how to give good leadership in those times. What I've often done when I'm fatigued as a leader when I'm leading from more immaturity than I am wisdom, what I do with grief and sorrow is I push it down or I power through it or I medicate it. I medicate it through numbing, binging Netflix. I numb it through overeating unhealthy things. I numb it with uh, sports. I numb it with things that aren't helpful. So today, it's important for us to know how do we give good, healthy what I call tender leadership in times of sorrow. And I jotted down six 
important considerations for you in your leadership context to give good, healthy, compassionate, tender leadership in times of sorrow. Here's consideration number one. How do we lead in times of grief? Consideration number one, be a silent witness to hope. Be a silent witness to hope. Let me tell you what I mean by that. <laughs> when my mom uh, died a few years, well, golly, now over 15 years ago, my dad died, uh, let's see, 2022, almost eight, eight years ago. When my parents died, the two closest people to me who I love so, loved so much, I, I love how people would come and offer me thoughts. You know, they're in a better place and the grief will pass and they would say things to me. And I know that they meant well, but to be honest, it was never helpful. What I really needed was just a friend to be with me, not really say anything. Because in times of grief, there's rarely much you can say that's going to help in that specific moment. But your presence, your smiling face, the tear in your eye, the ability to grab a cup of coffee for them, to do something like that. But to be present with them is what is needed. And just today, I went to my friend's home who's passing and I sat in the chair in the corner, and I didn't say too much. I said a few things, but I didn't say too much because my job felt like the presence offers hope. The presence of a friend, of a loved one, offers something of life and strength to another, that people aren't lonely. And the house was filled with people. They were laughing and sharing stories and putting storyboards together and many things that you might experience in a time like that. I made a choice to be a silent witness to hope. If I'm called upon, I'm happy to speak and to share, to pray, to love, to to do, and to add value to others. But I don't, in times of grief, want to be the loudest or the most vocal. I want to be the most present. I want to be loving. And to be a silent witness is so helpful. One way you can do that is to process your pain privately so you can offer hope publicly. Let me reiterate, your hope does not have to be verbal. Your mere presence offers hope to people. Your mere presence offers love and strength to other people. So resist the cliches. Resist filling the awkwardness with lots of words and just choose to sit near another. Choose to be near another. Be a silent witness to hope. We call it around here, be a person of presence more than you are a person that's talking. Don't underestimate the power of silent leadership. Consideration number two, know your lane. So again, I want to pull from today because this is a context, but I think the principle will, will help all of us. Know your lane means know what I'm good at. I'm not trying to be the hospice nurse. I'm not trying to give medical advice. I don't want to share too many stories of, oh, I remember one time when my mom was in hospice. Look, some of that might be helpful. I remember that one time I lost a job. I remember that one time I got a bad medical call. I remember that one time and fill in the blank for some kind of loss. Know your lane. My lane is to be a voice of compassion, to be a presence of hope. Know your lane. When you can know your lane in leadership, you can offer meaningful leadership. That doesn't mean that your meaningful leadership is relevant in that specific moment. Again, in my context as a pastor, the primary a practice of my leadership will be at the time of bereavement and the time of, of funeral, a homegoing service, a memorial service of some kind. 
that's when my leadership will have its greatest application. I know that my presence and my friendship has a certain tone of leadership and strength to it, but when you don't know your lane because of all of the emotions and the awkward feelings and the intensity of it, you can, you can through nervous energy and anxiety, start finding yourself saying things, doing things that may not be as helpful as you think they are. They might be helpful for you, but it may not be helpful for others. We want to give tender leadership in times of sorrow. Be a silent witness to hope. Consider what that looks like for you and know your lane. Know how to love well without violating your area of expertise or violating the strength of your leadership. Consideration number three is to commit for the long haul. Some of this I've learned in 30 years of giving leadership in a church context. I remember my first funeral. I was about 27, and I was an associate youth pastor of a youth group in Orlando, Florida. And the first funeral I was ever asked to be involved in as a clergyman was a suicide murder of a teenage girl. As you can imagine, horrible, horrible, painful, difficult, confusing situation. And I was in over my head. I didn't know what to do. And I called on my good friend, Mike, and I said, Mike, would you take the lead on this funeral? I'd like to assist you because I need to learn. And I need to learn how to lead tenderly and compassionately in times of sorrow. But I'm in over my head. And Mike was such a great mentor to me and a great coach, still a great, great friend of mine and lives in Orlando. When you are considering these four uh, tender leadership in times of sorrow. What I'm wanting you to hear is some of this you got to practice and you got to live out. You got to learn how to put skin and bones on it because some of this is going to be theory until you're in the middle of it. But these are good things to consider, they're helpful things to consider. And the third consideration is to commit for the long haul. What I mean by that is there's an immediate outpouring of compassion and love and grief and support in the short term. But who's there four weeks after the memorial service, six weeks after the loss? Who's there eight weeks after the bad medical diagnosis? Who's there six months later after some significant loss was happened? If you want to be a leader that has long-term influence, then you need to have long-term commitment for people that are walking through times of sorrow, times of loss. Commit for the long haul is consideration number three, consideration Number four is to listen. It is to listen. Most of the times, people need to process. And this is the power of consideration number four and consideration number one. When you have a person who processes grief and loss silently and more internally, then there's not going to be a lot of listening. There might be some just sitting together, maybe a hug, maybe weeping together, maybe just being in the same room together. It's the silent witness to hope. If you're with someone who verbally processes, they've got all of these thoughts and feelings going on inside of them, and the best way to experience them, and the best way to understand them, and to let them lead you to places of healing is to talk about them. The inside words need to become outside words. In that space, you need to be a great listening ear. You don't even need to do reflective listening or active listening, which we talked about in a number of podcasts. It's just good eye contact, open body language, loving presence, a compassionate uh, resting face, not a scowling resting face, but a compassionate resting face. 
Listen, hug, weep, listen to their stories, laugh with them, share in their memories. Consideration number four, you want to listen. Here is consideration number five. Love works best when it feels awkward. Love works best when it feels awkward. I've been around enough of these kind of things to know I'm not always comfortable in the presence of loss. There's something within me and something probably within most of us that wants to rage against the idea of loss. It cuts against our zeal for living. It cuts against our zeal of making a difference in the world and helping people. Yet loss is a part of everyday life. Tragic loss. Unjust loss. Painful loss. Surprising loss. Loss that we know is coming. My friend who I visited today knew that this day was coming. We all know that there's a day coming when we're going to pass. When we are in those spaces, beloved, love works best when it's awkward. What does love look like? What does sound like? What does love, how does love want to behave? How does love want to feel the space? How does, how does love want to cut through the awkwardness and bring love, real love, committed love, strong love, tender love, compassionate love, the kind of love that will sacrifice for another? You know how you best manage awkward spaces? Choose to love. Choose to love fiercely. Choose to love radically. Choose to love generously. Choose to love sacrificially. Choose to love for the long haul. Choose to love, friends. Leaders like to have bravado. Leaders like to be strong. Leaders like to have all the answers. Leaders have a strong ego. Leaders like to be out front and in charge. They like to be loud and they like to be seen. And they like to be in the spotlight. They like to make decisions. Friends, I'm telling you, when you get into times of sorrow, people are going to need tender leadership. And what a moment for you to stand up and to love well, to love long and fierce and ferocious and tender and merciful and compassionate, and you will do anything for another person. And friends, when you start loving like that as leaders, when you just start loving like that as people, even remove the leadership title. When you just start loving like that as a human being and loving another human being, human beings, yeah, it, the awkwardness quickly dissipates because you see image bearers of God around you who are experiencing pain and change and transition and loss. Ah, tender leadership in times of sorrow. Here's consideration number six. Be present, but don't be consumed. What do I mean by that? Well, I don't have a lot of friends in my life right now who are in hospice care, but I do have one friend, a good friend, a friend I love very, very much. His family is walking through grief, and when I am with them, I don't talk a lot about other areas of my life. I just choose to be a silent witness to hope. I choose to know my lane, commit for the long haul, listen, hug, weep, and love when it's awkward. But not many of my friends are in that space. And the reason I mean be present without being consumed is I want to be present with the one that needs tender leadership in times of loss, but I can't be consumed with them 
only because there are many others around my life who need a different kind of leadership. Even doing this podcast today, I hesitated on this topic. I debated it. Like, people don't want to listen to me talk about tender leadership in times of sorrow. My podcast listeners want something upbeat and helpful and equipping. And and friends, that's exactly what this is. Because in times of sorrow, you can make such an indelible and powerful mark upon the human soul. You don't bruise their soul, but you might mark their soul in a way that they'll never forget the way you loved them, the way you were there with them, the way you led with them and for them. You want to be present, but you don't want to be consumed because there are many others who need other types of leadership from you. I've got a son who needs leadership. I've got a wife who needs leadership. I've got two other married children and their spouses who need leadership. I've got a church that needs leadership. I've got a staff that needs leadership. I've got friends that need leadership. And almost all of those people are not in a place of hospice. So they don't need me to be the silent witness on the side. They don't need me just to listen and hug and weep. They need a different kind of leadership. So You want to be present with those who are experiencing the sorrow, but do not be consumed by that because when you leave that room, you leave that conversation, you leave that meeting, that appointment, there are many other people who need from you visionary leadership, assertive leadership, strong leadership, motivational leadership. And if you're consumed with the sorrow, it will be difficult to give that kind of leadership to other people. Be present. Be compassionate. Be fully present and as a tender leader in times of sorrow. And know that when you leave that space, there are going to be others who need a different type of leadership. And friends, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you and I know you can do it. Tender leadership in times of sorrow. Six considerations on how to give that kind of leadership. Be a silent witness to hope. Know your lane. Commit for the long haul. Listen. Hug. Weep, love when it's awkward, and be present, but don't be consumed. I hope these considerations are helpful for you today, friends. I really, really do, because I want you to be a great leader in times of sorrow. I want you to be a compassionate leader in times of sorrow. (laughs) I want you to make a loving mark on the heart of those that you've been privileged to have influence with. Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. This is episode 157. Friends, thank you for listening today. Don't forget to check out LanceBain.com. Don't forget to leave a review. Don't forget to leave a rating. I would really, really appreciate that. Hey, I love you guys. Stay healthy. Stay hopeful. And I look forward to talking to you again next week.